5. Psalms 23, verse 5. Psalms 23, verse 5. In Psalms 23, verse 5, it reads this way. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Somebody say this with me. Anoint my head. Father, we thank you, we bless you, we honor you for the word of the Lord. We thank you for all that you're doing in this holy place. We thank you for all that you've established and you continue to establish. We thank you for your perfect will being done in the midst of us. We don't want just a portion of your will. We want your perfect will. We want to be in perfect alignment with your plan, your purpose, and all that you would have for us in this generation of our lives. So we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Go ahead and take your seats. On April the 14th, um, we celebrated our anniversary of me being uh, commissioned and affirmed as an apostle. So it's ironic that um, Apostle Bishop Tudor Bismarck would be here on today, and every April he's been here since that day that he affirmed me as an apostle. So this morning, I rewrote a message. I had another message uh, coming out of uh, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. I had that last night and a few days before that. But when I rose this morning and began to put two and two together, I felt that I should preach this particular message in this particular setting based on who's in the house with us on today. Uh, headship is extremely important. Uh, I would not be an apostle without headship. I, I told my uh, pastor years ago, and I was pastoring, he was my pastor as well. I told him, I think about 18 years ago, did I say 18 years ago, Lady Davis? About 18 or 19 years ago, I felt the apostleship in my life, and he told me I don't see it. I told him, he told me he didn't see it. So I, wait, I waited all those years for someone who saw it. And finally, a man came up to me and said, I see it. I don't know why it has not been recognized. And he chose to recognize it, and that was Bishop, Apostle Bishop Tudor Bismarck. So in this portion of scripture that I read to you, uh, anoint my head is the title that I will use today. And I will show you so much about headship. If you lost your head, you'll want to get it back. Much of what I, this message was birthed out of is some information as I was doing a few things in the yard on Friday and listening to a podcast, and I kept hearing the message about your head, your head, your head, your head. And then that stuck with me, and I said, this would be the perfect message, not preaching that message, because I have my own stuff. All I needed was a thought, and a thought birthed this message. Out of Psalms 133, I want to read the entire passage of Psalms 133. It's only three verses. I want to read the entire passage. And I want you to pay attention, especially when it starts to talk about the head or the flow of oil. In Psalms 133, uh, verse 1, it reads this way. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Verse number 2. It is like the precious oil upon the head flowing down on the beard. The beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. Verse 3. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountain of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Let's go back to verse 2. It is like the precious oil upon the head, 
running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garment. So we see that God anoints the head, not the feet, not the hands, not the legs, not the shoulders. God anoints the head. Let's go through just a little bit more scripture, and then I have some points. I'm going to take my time. It's up to you to have your own opinion. But at refresh, God anoints the head. Okay. Okay. I, I, I was consecrated as a bishop in November uh, 2015, and then in 2019 as an apostle. And every single time, they put oil on my head. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 8, verse 12, is the account of God commanding Moses to anoint Aaron's head. So verse 12 in Leviticus chapter 8 reads this way. And he poured out some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head and anointed him to consecrate him, set him apart. So this anointing precious oil that's flowing in uh, Psalms 133 verse 2 is the oil that is spoken of in uh, Leviticus 8 and verse 12. So we have supporting scripture that says that the head was anointed. Correct? So we have supporting scripture. So we need supporting scripture to validate the fact that of uh, saying it because most of the times uh, Psalms 133 has only been preached concerning unity. Without a head, you will never unify. Without a head, you will never unify. Stay with me. Uh, let's go over to uh, the book of Isaiah 10, verse 27. Very familiar passage of scripture. As you're flipping there, I want to call to your attention, we've been dealing with grief. And grief can only be dealt with by the anointing. I'm talking about the spirit of grief. We can give counsel. But in order to break the spirit of grief, the anointing has to show up. As you're still turning there, there was a people that was prophesied long before they went into bondage for 430 years. The Lord spoke to Abram, who became Abraham, and he talked about how that those people would spend 430 years in bondage, and they did. It was the anointing that came to liberate them from bondage, but that wasn't enough because the bondage that had them was now in them. So it takes an anointing to get what was in them out of them because they have been trained in captivity for 430 years. So with 430 years of captivity, they had learned how to be subservient. They had learned how to live without. They had changed a mindset for several generations, many generations. Therefore, it takes a certain type of anointing to come and break them out of that behavior. And then you have to retrain them. So they are out of Egypt, but they're carrying on the same mess in the wilderness. Uh, Isaiah 10 verse uh, 27. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from his shoulders and his 
yoke from his neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. That's there, that anointing oil again. So this particular anointing oil is in reference to the empowerment that comes upon a leader in order to speak and to operate and bring liberation to a group of people. That's what the anointing is for. So I'm going to take you through a little bit more. I just want you to listen and listen real closely because this is extremely important. Because you, it's very easy to spend 430 years in bondage. It's very easy to spend another 40 years in the wilderness thinking the same way, even though you've been freed from the one that initiated bondage on you. So they spent 40 years trying to detox from 430 years. And that this is the point. They were not successful. Only two of the individuals who were born in slavery, only two of them made it out. That was Joshua and Caleb. There were millions who came out and only two went into the promise. Everybody else died in the wilderness because they were still grieving after 430 years. So that it took a certain anointing to get them out, but it takes a certain anointing to get them in. It takes a Moses anointing to get them out. It takes a Joshua anointing to get them in. So different anointings are for different purposes. Moses' anointing began to run low. That's when he struck the rock. He got frustrated with the people. Aaron created a calf because he was not anointed as of yet. If he was anointed, he would not have created a symbol of where he came from. Whenever people create a symbol of the bondage that they've been in, it's because the anointing is not there. I'm going to read something to you. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, the prophet Samuel anointed Saul's head with anointing oil. So you can go over there at the, your own leisure. I don't have all that time to, to take you there. So in 1 Samuel chapter 10, the prophet Samuel, the prophet that God raised up, raised up, anointed the first king who was Saul, and he anointed his head with anointing oil. He expected to empower him to bring liberation to a people. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, the prophet Samuel, after Saul had refused to operate under the anointing, the prophet Samuel anoints David's head with anointing oil. So you can read both accounts. You can see, read one in 1 Samuel chapter 10. You can read the other in 1 Samuel chapter 16. That's in your Bible. I cannot see where God did not anoint a head. I cannot see that. I cannot see that scripture-wise. Even the woman who had the alabaster box knew that you were supposed to anoint, and she wasn't even spiritual like that. So let's start with my points. The order of God is to apply the anointing oil on the head. That is the order of God. That is the order of God. I can see it. I see so many patterns in my Bible. You can't turn me against truth. The Bible is the truth. Okay? So what God does 
he applies anointing oil to the head. So when he applies it to the head, there is an expectation that I'll get to in just a minute. If you're going to see true liberation, God has to anoint headship. I'm going to get into that. It flows from the head down the beard. Did you remember me reading? And into the garment. So without the anointing, you have gifted below morality. You want to know why they can't keep the pants and the dresses in place? It's because the anointing is not on them. Because it takes the anointing to keep you morally pure when you're in leadership. So the order of God is to apply the anointing oil on the head. I have served under great leaders. I still have contact with, with great leaders. Um, and all I see is oil flowing from the head. Let me just go back just a little bit. I, I got a few pictures I, I'm going to put up um, because pictures capture moments. They capture moments. So as far as my apostleship, that was not a vote of the congregation. It was an endorsement of heaven that headship recognized. Be careful when your brothers and sisters recognize you and headship hasn't. Let's put a few of those pictures up. This is my head being anointed by Bishop Tudor Bismarck. This is April the 14th, 2019. That, that picture is an announcement that it happened. It was captured. I've heard by Bishop Garns that if you do not have it in writing or you did not capture it in, in, with a picture, it did not happen. Every elevation of headship has to be captured in writing or in a photograph. Let's go to the next one. I had to humble myself. I am taller in statue, but not higher in rank. Let me say that. I am taller in statue, but not higher in rank. I think I just got a pastor who was taller than me. <laughs> but I always knew they had more rank than I did. A deacon can never anoint me. <laughs> so I yielded myself. Is, is there another picture? I would allow a higher in rank to touch me in ways that a lower in rank will never touch me. You will never see those under me with their hands on my head. Never. Never. Because my head is sacred and only reserved for certain rankings to put their hands on my anointed head. If I'm not troubled in my thinking now, let some lower rank put their hands on my head. All right. All right. So, so God has, a, he has a, an order. 
The anointing is designed to supernaturally empower headship to lead and to, listen to this, expose a group of people to liberty and a victorious and victorious living. Read that again. The anointing is designed to supernaturally empower headship to lead and to expose a group of people to liberty and victorious living. I can read my Bible and I can see under righteous anointed headship, the people begin to live out victorious leadership and liberty. Every single time in your Bible, when righteous, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Righteous in authority. In other words, when righteous in authority, the devil can't have his way. So, what do you do? And I'll get to my next point. And you can think of it yourself. What do you do when you want to remove the anointing? So, after 430 years, there was still somewhat order in their homes. But if you take it to other races of people, if you release me, but you don't show me headship, so if there is no father in my home, and the deacons are running the church. Where do I see the example of headship? Because it's not in my house. And it's not in my neighborhood. And I don't see it in the church. Because we just roasted the pastor while we were having dinner. So I have no example of headship. So I have no example of the anointing. Okay. God has always appointed headship for his people and anointed them for the leadership task. Always, always, always. So if I want to keep you disoriented, divided, confused, make sure that you don't have an example of headship. If I want to stop the anointing, everybody's talking about the devil's attacking my anointing. No, the devil attacks your headship and then you lose your anointing. You cannot have anointing without a head. There is no way. You can trace every dysfunctional child back to a lack of headship, which is a lack of the anointing. I was wondering, why didn't the oil flow, Sasha, when all of David's brothers walked by? Because they were not the head. Which meant there was not going to be any liberation for Israel. But once the head arrived, the oil began to flow. The anointing showed up for liberation for the people because now the head was there. You'd be surprised at how much manipulation goes on around you. The devil is not afraid of your gift. He's afraid of you having a head where the anointing flows on it. 
Because I see a lot of gifts. Gifts are easy to, to obtain, but not the anointing, because the anointing flows on the head. You'd be surprised at how much pressure I can handle while the anointing is on my head. It's not that every day is easy. It's just the anointing on my head keeps my mind when all hell wants to break loose because the anointing holds it at base. The hell that doesn't get in your head cannot ruin your life. I'm going to say that again. The hell that doesn't get in your head cannot ruin your life. It's only when hell gets in your head that your life is in jeopardy. I don't think like what I've been through. So, God has always appointed headship. If God appoints headship, what are we doing? <laughs> I, I started to think about Peter. And uh, Peter got the revelation of who Jesus was. And then, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail against it. Anytime I see the church not prevailing, I am trying to figure out what's going on. We use the terminology, well, they lost the anointing. Well, how do you lose the anointing? By losing your head. Why are the people scattered? Because the Bible says, smite the shepherd, scatter the flock. Remove the head and they can't get along. With there, where there is no head, there is no anointing. Wait on the situation to come and you'll find out. The anointing is not just for singing, preaching, teaching, doing all this church stuff. If you want to survive as a leader, you better make sure there's a head somewhere if it's not you. All right. I understand if you had a father and you grew up with a father in the house. Well, some of us did not. And when you didn't grow up with a head and you need the anointing in your life, seek a head. They say you're worshiping them. I say you know order. Because I track, man, I went after, I searched for a head. And if I ever lose a head, I'm going to find another head because it's a representation that the anointing is going to keep flowing in and through my life. And you're not going to get me out there where you can take advantage of me because I don't have a head. Everything you say filters through my headship. Everything. I judge everything that's spoken to me by what my headship has said. I, I was in a, a, a round table one uh, time, and I had just walked in. One of my good friends, uh, he was conducting this round table. And when, he, when I walked in and I sat down, Pastor Gerald Brooks, a really good friend of mine, uh, he said, 
do what you are anointed to do and not what you're gifted to do. He said, most of you are burning out because you're doing what you're gifted to do. When you're doing what you're gifted to do, you have no ability to overcome Satan with your giftings. You overcome Satan with the anointing. Satan doesn't care how gifted you are, but he is afraid of how anointed you are. I never forgot that. I started turning down opportunities that my anointing did not work in. Never take what you call an opportunity and there's no anointing on it to sustain you. Because that place you go to may be something that ruins your life because there's no anointing to keep you in it. Somebody say, anoint my head, anoint my head, anoint my head. Y'all okay? The way Satan hinders or stops the flow of the anointing is to remove and or cut off the influence of the headship. The way Satan hinders or stops the flow of the anointing is to remove or cut off the, listen, the influence of the headship. So what you have to do in order to stop an anointed group of people you either have to remove their head or remove the influence. Because you can't, you, can't, you can't stop them as long as they have a head that they respect. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't stop a group of people who have a head that they respect. I believe those who suffered in slavery are the ones who are supposed to be reigning in this season. But the way you reign is you understand headship and respect headship and let the anointing flow into your garments. Listen, 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 listen. To cut off influence is to interrupt the flow that's coming on the head. Now you're out there saying, well, uh, it's not working for me. Worship is not working for me. Are you disconnected from the head? Are you running with your brother so tight that you didn't realize your arm wasn't connected? Y'all can do whatever you want to do and think whatever you want to think. But I worked this thing from nothing to something and you're not going to kill what I know works. And every person that has a residue of grief from slavery, I'm going to liberate them if they connect. I don't have to have perfect people. I just have to have people who understand if I come in alignment with the head, I'm going to be all right. Yeah, that's all you got. I don't care what the devil's been doing. When you bring yourself into alignment with the head, all of a sudden, the wows of the devil come to a screeching halt. Because if the devil can't confuse your head, he can't confuse your resources. I'm, 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 I'm the man for this. 
walked it out for a whole lot of years. Sasha and Lady Davis has only seen stability in our household. Not because I had a head that I was yielding to in my, in my home, it's because I was determined I wasn't gonna function without a head and ruin my marriage and ruin my children. Huh? So, so Satan wants to hinder us to stop the flow of the anointing. So we're wondering where the anointing went that used to be in the church. Some of us been around uh, long enough that we saw the anointing just absolutely phenomenal in the church. If you're anywhere close to 50 and above, you've seen some days where the presence of God came in and just really liberated some things. And you were trying to figure out what stopped the anointing. It was the loss of headship or the loss of the influence of headship that stopped the ore from flowing into the house or into the community. See, I'm a good tracker. I can track things really well. All I got to do is think about patterns, and when patterns change, something has occurred. So when the anointing stops flowing, what occurred? What happened in the representation of headship? Um, there, I have friends who always talk about Lady Davis is the neck. I'm the head, she's the neck. It takes the neck to turn the head. It takes the body to carry the head, but it takes the head to give a command to the body. So when, when you can always tell when something's got you because you can't respond to a command. There was this guy years ago, uh, I remember it so well, he had lost feeling in his right arm. And uh, we were in a particular service, we were in the other building. And uh, while we were in the other building, uh, I knew about it, we had prayed over him, but there was an unusual anointing flowing that particular day. And I looked in the audience and this man who had lost feeling in his right arm, all of a sudden his arm goes up. Now, I know he knows and many others know that this man cannot use his right hand, his right arm. But his arm goes up because the anointing make dead things live. And, and see, we, 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 we lost it. We, we, we lost it. And when I say we, I'm talking about us as a church. I'm talking about universal church. I'm not talking about just refresh. Because Refresh hadn't lost it. You just got some people who are disconnected. <laughs> and just like that man, his arm would not respond to his head because there was nerve damage. But once the anointing showed up and connected the nerves back to the head, without him thinking about it, his hand went up. See, the stuff that has you suppressed, has you suppressed because you haven't recognized the anointing yet. Because when you recognize the anointing and recognize headship, ain't no way up, but ain't nowhere to go but up. People are wondering where you go from here. Once I establish headship, you might as well get ready. Ain't nothing hell can do to hold me down. Because the head is talking to me. 
and I'm responding. See, we call it, you know, when the people start having those conversations, like, like you're worshiping them. You're, no, you're connected to your head. When's the last time you held your hand out and your hand said, are oh, you worshiping him? You're worshiping him. That's when, when you hear that stuff, that's what you're worshiping him. Then I'll talk to the hand, well, I'm not going to use you. If you think like that, I'm not going to use you. I'm going to use my left hand, though it may not be skillful, at least it obeys. Let me help you. God uses absolutely nothing that doesn't obey. Let's wrap this up. Restore the headship and experience the anointing that produces liberty and victorious living. So the responsibility of the apostolic anointing is to restore the headship. When the headship is restored, that's all caps. I wrote it in all caps. When uh, when the headship is restored, the anointing is also restored, which means that you're going to live in a liberated life and you're going to have a victorious life because the things that were missing are now restored. And the devil's so afraid that you would be restored that he would sit in the parking lot and try to discourage you from coming in the church. He's so afraid that, that you would get so encouraged and so excited and so liberated that he'll go on Facebook and talk about your head. Make you think that your head is after your money and your head is what helps you to make money. If I didn't have my head, I would be broke. But since I have my head, Lady Davis can write in a check or do any deposit she wants to do. And we ain't worried about anything because my head is connected to my flow of resources. You understand what I'm saying? See, that's why the devil wants to disconnect you from your head because there's something comes on you that you weren't even educated about that happens in your life. You hadn't been to that university to learn that. But the power of the Holy Spirit, the anointing comes on the head, flows in you. Now you got an idea that unlocks your life and you're now moving far beyond generations before you. It's because the anointing that's on the head. There were days in the past that I, I was having a horrible day and I was walking down the administrative hallway and I said, listen here, and I said it verbally. I said, I'm submitted to Bishop Eddie L. Long and that thing broke just like that. I acknowledged my physical head and the devil had to back up. I don't know how many devils gonna back up today. Just, I'm not telling you how to pray, but I don't go into warfare like that. What I do is I secure my head and get ready to win in life. I didn't, I didn't know what kind of battle was coming up, but I had to let my, my pastor know. I had to let him know that I'm still connected. I still know you, my head. 
So whatever comes, I am not depleted of a head, which means a thought will drop in my mind that's going to change the trajectory of everything that's under me. And I want to tell you this. I don't have to be your head, but you do need a head. Because if you have a head, the thing that you thought you wouldn't make it through, you're about to triumph over. I can always look around and tell who's connected and who's disconnected. The Bible said every joint supplier, first apostles, then prophets, then evangelists, then pastors, teachers. So now that we got headship in order, the whole body, if it's joined, gets its supply. Look at your neighbor, tell him I want my money and I want it now. Now you understand why the battle has been so intense. The devil doesn't mind the head being up above water, but he don't want the body to get above water. It's when Jesus was walking on water and Simon Peter was talking to the head. And he walked on what he should have been sinking in. When he started to sink, it was because he disconnected his attention from the head and he instantly began to sink. If you reattach yourself, listen here, listen here, listen here, listen here. Get back focused. I promise you, you will rise from the bottom of the sea and you'll rise to that place where God wants you. And this is the thing. He may have sank in the water, but he walked back to the boat with the head. They don't know what you're about to walk into. They thought the turbulence and the sinking and the almost drowning was an, a, an example that you were not trustworthy. No, you knew how to grab out for the head, get back to the boat, step over in the boat and look at everybody that's sitting in the boat said, you didn't get out. And the reason they don't trust the head is they don't know the head. And that's why they sitting in the boat, sitting in comfort, sitting, not, no, not taking any risk. Because when you understand that you got a head, you will step out into things because you got a head. Why am I doing it? I have a head. I'm joined. I'm connected. I am getting my supply. I am gaining faith now because of what I'm hearing from my head. I didn't come to talk to you as a preacher at Refresh Family Church. I am the head. Christ is over me and he is infiltrating ability in me. But if I remain in my place, you get in your place. You're going to walk on things that people around you are sinking in. You go ahead with your gifting because when the right storm comes, your, your gifting is over. Let me show you what to do when you're anointed for the storm. There's some people in this place who are anointed to walk through the storms and not blink and not shake nor shiver because you're anointed to walk through the storm. How do I know that? Because I've been walking through storms for years and hadn't lost my vision and hadn't lost my focus and had not lost my anointing. I can't to tell
tell you this morning as I close there's a fresh anointing coming on you because you're joined to the head you may not have had one in your household you may not even know what it looks like in your community but when you came up in refresh you saw somebody that stands and positions themselves and understand headship and he is not going to deprive you of the connection that you need so that you can thrive in life I dare you to slap a neighbor high five tell him I'm thriving in life right now COVID-19 can't get you away from your head. You may have been streaming in, you may have been a little bit lax on attendance, but I believe we're galvanizing again because we're one body of believers. And if we got the same head, we get the same orders, got the same power, got the same anointing, got the same success, there is nothing that you cannot accomplish when you're joined to your head. Let the head talk to you, let everything else move in obedience because I am telling you, if it's a command given, ain't a devil in hell that can stop you it was Lazarus in the tomb that when he heard from his head even though rigor mortises were taken over his body when he learned when he heard from his head he came leaping out of the tomb because he heard the voice of his head get accustomed to the voice of your head any other voice is not even relevant some of y'all are about to come out of the tomb because you know the voice of the head there's something in the voice of your head that reverberates down on the inside of your being that says when you're in the midst of chaos, everything is going to be all right. Somebody give God the praise. If you're ever in the Birmingham area, we'd love to see you. Stop by because everyone is welcome at Refresh Family Church. It's full of friendly people, a warm atmosphere, and a powerful word. Our service times are Sundays at 9 a.m. or our empowerment service on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We're located at 117 12th Court Northwest in Birmingham, Alabama. We'll see you soon at Refresh. Want to find out more about Apostle Stephen A. Davis? Well, log on because StephenADavis.org is now live. That's right. Log on to StephenADavis.org now and you can find out all about him. Watch live broadcasts and get all the information you need at StephenADavis.org. Available on all platforms. Log on today. Refresh Family Church. As we worship together, remember our five goals. Serving the needs of families. Reaching the lost. Equipping the saints. Reaching the nations. And transferring to generations. At Refresh Family Church, we're more than just a church. We're a nation. To find out more, log on to StephenADavis.org. We'll see you next time.